Hello and welcome back to the Because of the Times podcast. I'm Aidan and joining me today to discuss 12 months without live music, a carefully selected four-person panel, Katie, Ollie, Clooney and Luke. How are we all doing, guys? We good? Yeah, I'm all good. Yeah, yeah good. Right, wonderful. Uh, I do apologise for keeping you all indoors on what's probably been the nicest day of the year so far. Um, I hope you all don't hate me, um, or at least it's been nice up here anyways. Yes, yeah, um, down here. It's <laughs> raining here, so... <laughs> So, 12 months, almost, I think, three days' time. It's been 12 months in the it's national 12 lockdown. 12 months today. 12 months today in a national lockdown. Um, so, that's 12 months without any form of live music. Like, What was everyone's experience of live music? I went, I saw Fontaine's DC and the murder capital in Dublin. The 13th of March, 2020. That was my last time out of the country before lockdown. Last time seeing proper gigs. That's quite a good one then, really, isn't it? Because you've kind of had a holiday out of that as well. Yeah, so that was like international. Completely didn't expect then that we'd be in this situation. Like, obviously, Corona was a thing, but it wasn't something that was a major thing here or in Ireland anyway. Everyone was just going on about as normal. Yeah. Anyone else? Um, I went to go and see Supergrass at Ali Pali on the 7th of March. It it got mentioned, but it was kind of in like a jokey way. It was like so surreal just being in a big crowd and just like, ah, well, hopefully it all goes well. And now here we are, you know, a year later. Yeah, I, I remember that was quite a common thing. It, was, it wasn't just like, you know, just going to the pubs and stuff. If anyone coughed, it was like, oh, COVID, COVID. But then yeah. all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's become a massive thing. So, Ollie, Luke, what about you? Last gig experience? Uh, my last was, uh, I saw Maskins in a small venue in York. Um, they were doing a warm-up gig when they were going to go out to text, I think it was, for a festival out there. And then, South by Southwest. That was it, yeah. And then, yeah, that obviously got cancelled. So, yeah, that was the last one I saw. Yeah, the, the last one I can remember seeing was um, the Growlers in London. I, I think I might have gone to a gig after that, but I can't remember what it was. But that, that was, yeah. like, end of February. The final one for me was, uh, I think I, I, it was just, like, a local pub gig. Like, no, nobody notable. Um, and it was just a local performer. But then... When it, during the first lockdown, I remember thinking about it and being like, I really didn't kind of grasp that opportunity of the amount of gigs that I did miss kind of beginning of the beginning of 2020 or the, the amount of times I said no to doing anything kind of social. And then I'll think back about, about that and how I would have just, you know, took every opportunity I was given to have that little bit of social interaction. So can anyone remember that moment where you realised live music wouldn't be a thing for a while and did you ever think it was going to last 12 months or more? Obviously like for me I work within this industry and like I see everything behind the scenes from like being a fan perspective but from being someone who's relatively close with a lot of major bands and it was like Blossoms postponed to August and everyone I was just thinking it's not happening. Like, that's way too optimistic. But then everything was being announced for, like, September, October last year, and everyone was like, oh, yeah, everything's going to be fine by then. And then getting closer, everyone was like, pushed back to February this year, and that didn't happen. And I don't think it's ever sunk in. We're, like, a year in now, haven't been to a proper gig, and I suppose, like, it's still going to be something that's going to affect us for, like, months even past june anyone else did you ever think it was going to last this long no, no. 
I think the more lockdown went on, the more you kind of thought, oh, it's not going to get back to normal as quickly as we thought it would. Like, as long, it, it just kept dragging on and dragging on, and then things kept getting pushed back, and you're just kind of starting to accept it. Yeah, there, there was that famous quote as well from Boris Johnson, wasn't it? The, you know, 12 weeks to turn the tide. Um, <laughs> that was, was what he said. Uh, well, originally it was like two weeks, wasn't it? Like, yeah. I don't know if it was the same for any of you, but when all uni closed, they were like, oh, we're closing for two weeks and then we'll be back open. And I haven't been in since, if that puts it into perspective. And I finished my second year of uni in three weeks. What about that, that, that first lockdown? I think it was, it was quite odd in a way that, at least for me personally, I was probably listening to more music than I ever have before at that time. So what was it like for everyone else in in terms of how a coping mechanism without live music did you find yourself almost having music on 24 7 did you kind of find comfort in watching old sets on youtube what where did you get that kick uh i definitely had uh, music on a lot more than i normally would have um but i think that's purely because i was in the house by myself because all, all the rest of my uni house had gone back home <laughs> within uh, like 24 hours notice of uh, boris's speech so <laughs> I was left by myself for a good few months with uh, nothing but my speaker. I think mine was sort of the opposite initially, that I'd usually listen to music when I'm out and about or in the car, that sort of thing. At first, not doing any of that, I wasn't listening to as much. I think partly as well because a few albums I've been looking forward to being postponed. There wasn't like that much new stuff coming out at the moment that like I had a song that when I woke up to play or that sort of thing. So I think at first I probably listened to a lot less. And then gradually over time, because there was just nothing else to do, then got back into a lot of old albums I hadn't really thought about. I think mine's kind of a similar thing, like, with my work and everything. Like, it all fell off, like, for a few weeks. So everyone was just sad. Like, <laughs> it was just, like, a big depression for, like, music. Those first few weeks, at least. Like you said, everything's getting postponed. Everything's getting pushed back. So it's just, like, now what? And I suppose, like, the thought of listening to my favourite bands in those first couple of weeks when I've gone from seeing them like every other day to not seeing them at all was just a kick in the teeth so I kind of distanced myself from it a little bit yeah Yeah. I feel like I stopped listening to music but then like when I would listen to music it would be stuff that I already knew just because it was comforting instead of like listening to new bands I don't know I was going to touch on that actually because of what Ollie said he said that when he did start to listen to music a lot more he was listening to those older albums you know, maybe those ones that that remind you of of any kind of positive times. That that album that kind of when you first listen to it, it just grasps you in such a way. Sometimes with a, with a piece of music, when I first listen to it, I can just tell that I'm going to be listening to this for years and years and years and years, and it's just not going to go away. So yeah, I think that's quite interesting. But with the situation, you want to find something positive, and the the main source of positivity for a lot of people is going to be nostalgia. Because yeah. you can't do anything, you can't do anything else, really, can you? So yeah, has anyone been to any socially distanced gigs? And if so, what were your thoughts? I personally have not been to any socially distanced gigs. I did have one booked for um, February, but then that's been pushed back, um, obviously. So I, d- I don't know when that's going to take place. But I've not had any experiences of a socially distanced gig. I had a heavy experience with social distance, so. My first socially distanced gig was September and my last one was two days before London went into tier four, which was which was an experience, you know, just living life on the edge whilst everyone else was in tier four. 
Um, so the first one where I saw Spectre at Signature Brew and Walthamstow, and it was insane. And then after that, I saw Blinders four times in the space of like two weeks, Black Midi three times, Shame a couple of times, and honestly, really enjoying it. There's something quite intimate about being able to sit in a venue that you wouldn't necessarily see those bands in. Like, I saw Shame with 26 other people. It was kind of revolutionary. Like, there's no backstage. There's nothing like that. You're just that a personal experience that nobody else is going to ever be able to relate to. And there was the fact that I was also able to get really steaming beforehand and during the gig and not have to worry about throwing my drink everywhere. <laughs> so you've got, you really got your fill there then saying that you've that you were what that must be and I it led you... to me like getting more work I'm a journalist my first experiences with the windmill which is a venue in Brixton which I could sit and sing the praises of forevermore was a socially distanced gig I was speaking to one of my friends the other day and I was just saying like I could not care less if we got proper gigs back this year if they gave me my socially distanced ones back I would just be happy with that. Any form of live music? Yeah. Anyone else managed to get to a socially distanced gig? Uh, yeah, I went to one in um, London, like maybe late July, but I could not tell you who I went to go and see. So it just, it you know, it was three bands that I didn't know, hadn't ever heard of. And it was just kind of like we were sat in a really dark restaurant with some music happening. <laughs> I don't know. It was like drinking wine out of a bottle someone brought with them. So, yeah, it was kind of a strange experience. It's different, but I wouldn't say it's better or worse than, like, a real gig, you know? I think this is me barging in here. Um, But the thing is, like, the ones that I've experienced, they're as socially distanced as you want them to be. Like, nobody's stopping you from snogging everybody if you don't want to to be honest like nobody's stopping that like when we went Walthamstow it was like a free-for-all I'm probably going to get the venue closed down here but like just sat where you want drank what you want talked to who you want everyone was shouting at each other it was a great time it was the drunkest I've ever been but like and that puts things into perspective you know like how was this happening under like socially distanced guidelines where it's supposed to be the strictest thing ever but I just love it just a quick disclaimer, we are not advocating a breaking of any restrictions imposed <laughs> by Her Majesty's government in any way, shape or form. <laughs> uh, Ollie, Luke, socially distanced gigs? No, I mean, I there was a couple near me, uh, Lauren Hibbert is playing one, Blocks are playing one, but I think I just sort, sort of thought it takes away from a lot of what I like about a gig. Of, I guess from what you said doesn't sound like it's taken away that many things, but in my head I was sort of thinking... You know, to get to these places and just to be sat down, not fully being able to enjoy it, I thought I'd, I'd rather just wait till things are back normally. Yeah, so you prefer being kind of encapsulated in that sweaty bubble of yeah, alcohol and <laughs> emotion rather than being tied to a chair, if you'd like. Yeah, I mean, I think as well, usually the bands I'd make sure I went to see to gig would be because of the sort of atmosphere. There's probably some bands, if they're playing locally, I'd still want to go see because, like you said, with that sort of different sort of atmosphere but more intimate you can still enjoy them for what i'd usually go for on a gig i think the social distance element takes away from a lot of it luke yeah the only one i was um plan well going to see was a shame but that one's been postponed so not had any experience personally but i think it'll be a good experience like something different to the norm i saw so shame they did the windmill 
I got tickets three hours before doors opened. I had to do £70 worth of trains that day. <laughs> but they made it feel like full capacity. It was their first gig in like forever. And then it was just like, they blew the roof off that place. The tour's just going to be insane, untouchable. So moving on, festivals in the summer, can you see them going ahead? And do you have tickets to any of them? I, I have a ticket that rolled over from last year for truck. But, like, realistically, they're probably not going to happen. Like, as soon as we're allowed back out in the world again, there'll be a spike and then Bojo will put us back in lockdown. So, like, we're just never going to go back, not with him in charge. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, any 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 other comments on, on festivals? Yeah, I'm trying to stay positive. I've got Neighbourhood Weekend carried over from last year, 110 above as well. And I'm hoping that, obviously, if we get everyone vaccinated by then, we can also, like, have a lot more testing capability. So... You know, if it was a case that everyone going to these festivals has to be vaccinated and then also gets tested before, then I feel like the level of risk shouldn't be that high. But then we've also seen that at other times of football where the level of risk wouldn't have been that high and they, they didn't let fans in. So, yeah, I mean, they've um, talked about that kind of rapid testing thing, haven't they? Well, especially for nightclubs, like, what is it? You can get the results within five minutes or something daft like that. Might be yeah. 15. I, I can't remember. 15, but, I think. Yeah. If they can kind of roll out that kind of thing in a in a mass basis, I see no reason why we can't have festivals, we can't have, you know, football matches, all those kind of big events that we all miss. I see no reason why we can't have them back, personally. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to have to take, it's going to take something. What people don't tell you is that, so like Reading and Leeds is sold out in inverted commas, because it's not actually sold out. There is nobody within this industry who seriously believes that the majors are going to happen this year. Do you have any tickets to any festivals, Kate? I've got tickets for day festivals, but they're like multi-venue. I'd say that they're more likely to happen because over a city, if that makes sense. So like not everybody's going to be in the same place, seeing the same people all of the time. The venues are all spread out, so people can just do what they want. Yeah, I thought thought the same. See, I've got a doctor dot bristol booked for september and i think cluning you do as well and so does luke but so we're all doing that and i think with that kind of festival it's it, you're right in what you're saying because it's within a city you know you don't have those thousands and thousands of people packed within one field the hygiene levels i think if you you know we, i assume we've all been to a festival the hygiene <laughs> levels in those places it's not something nice at all really is it you know it's not especially to like a good they're standard. not expecting you to then stay over for like four days you can't put everybody in a field for four days at the moment perhaps this will prove me wrong then this will come to bite me if you're telling me that in august sixty thousand people are going to be sat in a field for four days all together in a festival so we all know what goes on at festivals you're having a laugh to me yeah like it's just not happening realistically. Luke, anything yeah, on festivals? I, I think I think the only way it could possibly go ahead is if everyone at the festival provided a like a negative test within twenty four hours beforehand, and no one was allowed to leave the festival and come back in, like effectively creating like one big bubble. I, I can't see it happening myself, to be fair. Yeah, uh, that's fair enough. Some mixed opinions there. Finally, one song. 
that's helped you cope through this last year? I could go pretty easy and say Orbit, The Salmon of Alaska by The Blinders. That song has meant everything to me for three and a half years now and I've got it etched into my skin. The more I listen to it, the more comfort I find in it. I, I still cling to like the first Fontaine's album, Murder Capital's first album. Everything that I've seen live more times than I count. If I sit there, I close my eyes, I'm there, you know. It's got that connection to me. Clooney? I don't know if I could pick a single song. Um, okay, well, okay, in that case, let, let, let me maybe rephrase. Give, give me two or three. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, so Pump Up The Jam was, like, from early lockdown days because I got a bit obsessed with basketball and was watching old games. So that was, like, playing in the background, and I played it on repeat for weeks and weeks which I'm sure my dad was really appreciative of. Um, but then I, I got into Harry Styles and was just listening to his albums for, like, the next year. So, you know, he's just provided some comfort for me this past year, which is nice. OK. Ollie? <laughs> uh, yeah, probably not a song as such, uh, but I think when Maskins and Seagulls both released their debut albums on the same day, I look back and think everything just seemed to be getting better from there. So, yeah, those two albums, Sports Team's album as well. When I think back to last summer, I can think back in a lot more positive way because I enjoy those those albums a lot and they make me think about the good parts of last summer. The, the sports team album in particular, I, I would agree with you on there because that was around my birthday. I think it was just after my birthday that came out. Apart from the remake of Camel Crew, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And but I do you still, still enjoy it now? Probably, yeah. I mean, the, the songs without Alex Rising are definitely really good. Oh my god, so true. Okay, we're, right, we're not going to get in. This is not the Deep Down Happy podcast, so I think we'll we'll just cut that one there. Uh, Luke, uh, two, three songs that have helped you through the, the past 12 months. Oh god, I couldn't pick just like a couple of songs. I, I started um, a monthly playlist on Spotify, just putting compiling new songs I found like each month. And I, th- mm. I think that's like what kept us going through lockdown. Yeah, I couldn't really pick just one or two. Okay, fair enough. Um, And just one final word on Deep Down Happy, Lander is the best song on the album. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, I really appreciate it. If you could like the podcast, share it with your friends, tell your mum and dad about it, that would be great. Thank you very much, guys, for joining me as well. It's been very enjoyable. See you later.